Hi, and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast about people with remarkable stories of resilience, as well as experts in the field, along with myself, who share tips, strategies, and resources to help you power up your mental well-being. You can support our work by leaving a review or donating on our site, which is at qedod.com. You can also purchase our resources, including the imaginatively titled series of books, Resilience Unraveled, Leadership Unraveled, Management Unraveled, and Anxiety Unraveled at qedod.com forward slash extras. Free resources are also available on that page at qedod.com forward slash extras. Enough chat, let's get started. Hey all, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And in front of me, Julie Perkins, who is resplendent in orange. And I guess there's a reason why you're in orange today, Julie. Uh, Where in the world are you? Well, I'm actually doing this from Amsterdam, where I live. And today is King's Day in Amsterdam, where the whole country, all 15 million people, dress in orange and go out to celebrate the day off that they're given. So it's a very festive, jubilant day is today. Hence me being in orange, um, at least for afterwards, not for this moment, but for afterwards, for yes. sure. And of course, we have great fondness over here for William of Orange and all that sort of stuff. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, what was orange? I mean, was was it a, what was the derivation of orange? Is it county or something or what? No, I don't think so. I think it's just from the origin of the Netherlands. I mean, it's the William of Orange colour. I think it must be back before the 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 Spanish. Actually, I have no idea. It's a very good no. question. I feel no. my history is lacking on this one. And it's I feel as a sort of someone who's lived here for 20 years, I should know the answer to that. Now, if you see, if you've been doing the British immigration test, you would need it to have known that. What, That's right. What William I, of Orange. I, I was, I was here before the Imburgers happened, so I, I was allowed to stay. Oh my goodness, that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a delight to meet you, Julie. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us, is, tell us what it is that you do. So um, I support female entrepreneurs to grow their businesses uh, in a more seamless way. Um, I started Wise Minds after a fantastic 20-year career opening up Specsavers in the Netherlands and oh. in Northern Europe. And along that journey, gained with experience. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to use that experience in order to support female entrepreneurs to grow their business in a more seamless way, uh, learning what probably took me 10 years to learn in hopefully three months. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do, my company's wise minds. But Fantastic. All right. Okay. So, I mean, we've all heard of Specsavers, certainly here in this side of the, the pond. Um, should have gone there, I understand. But um, uh, are you struggling to hear me or are you okay? I, I was on that last bit. Oh, Sorry. No worries. Hello. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> That's podcast gold, that bit. People pay extra for bits like that, you know. So um, <laughs> so I was saying, actually, the Specsavers thing is fascinating. Tell us a bit about your um, career before you got to this point then. Tell us a bit your, about your story. Well, I think the first journey of learning, I come from a big entrepreneurial family, so it's quite fast moving and um, quite sort of dynamic. And um, I took Specsavers into the Netherlands. It was the very first country we went to outside the UK. And I think that's probably where the greatest learning in any situation comes, especially from myself, because you move from a sort of market leader, leadership position 
and take into a country and it's a real struggle. Um, And your greatest learnings there uh, come from that moment. And for me, we started opening during the Great Recession of 2008 and 9. And everything about Specsavers was in place, but it was chugging. And and I remember the sort of story begins at 3 a.m. in the morning and I was sat in my garden with my hands in the air as if to say, what more can I do? How can something work there and not here? And the recession, mm. et cetera, was a, was a real burden. And to cut a long story short, went into the office the next day, surrounded by great people. And I had recounted the story of my frustration of why we were chugging. And their reply to me was... Um, are you still doing what you love and love what you do? And, you know, immediately I thought, um, very nice question. Thank you for the care. But we've got sort of millions here that we're trying to solve. But really the question that was my first big learning that I've taken into what I do today was this importance of in times of turmoil, in times of real struggle, the greatest learning was, was to go back to yourself mm. and how you build back yourself in order to be able to face that resilience. And, and I think, you know, of course, the story turned out fantastically. Specsavers, you know, c- continues to grow in Northern Europe. But at that moment in 2008-9, I think that was one of the pivotal points of my learning yeah. about how to grow businesses um, and beyond that, um, how to actually face the challenges of life without doing more, because that's yeah. what I was doing. I think that's a natural thing. Do more, do more, do more. Yeah. And understanding this, how actually by just taking that step back, taking that journey. And I think that was the pivotal point for me. Okay. In- so well, let's unpack that person. So, so it was... Are you doing what you love and love what you're doing? Was that was that it? Yes. So, so what, why did that? What was it about the question first of all that made you think, and and then how did you make sense of what you thought? Well, I think when you're sort of in this sort of sharing moment with your team, and it was years, it was a few years ago. I think it's such a question you expect it to be. Let's do more marketing. Let's do mm. more. Let's sit. Let's get the um, let's open up the table and put more strategies onto the table. And I think that's a natural way of reacting because, you know, that creates comradeship, you know, that task force, which actually in um, adverse situations, people love, you know, let's get together in a team. Let's do more. Let's. Let's bring each other and care for each other that way. And I think it was a very challenging question, what I wasn't expecting. You know, do you love what you do? And I was like, I wanted to say, well, of course I do. I'm Mm. here. Mm. I'm I'm working 18 hours a day to make sure this brand is fantastic. Why would I do that if I didn't love what I do? So actually, it was a real important question Mm. to poke some assumption that I had made because of course when you think about it and someone pushes back and says I know you're spending 18 hours a day on this and you're thinking about it but do you still love it I think it's a real challenging question to ask but what's the the relevance of it well I think the relevance as it unfolded was that 
what had happened over the fact that you're working so hard, your blinkers come down. And I think that you are in a situation where you start to build the company around you. You, you start to hold on to everything that, um, that you're in to only to yourself because you're working on it and you're yes. burying it and you're slowly building a cave around you. And I think that's was when I look back on a lot of challenging situations, I think that's a really big thing and definitely something now when female entrepreneurs come to me, you know, the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges is exactly the same as I was back in 2008, nine, is that we work so hard to ensure that what we believe comes true, that we forget about ourselves, we forget about the impact that we're having on others or the situation, and we're on a hamster wheel, but that hamster wheel now has no light. So you're just yeah. running in the dark. And of course, yeah. in hindsight, there's nothing effective about that. Yes. But at the time, you think you're doing everything you possibly can in order to achieve what you really believe. And did, and I think, and did, and did the question sorry. did the question make you change anything? Yeah, well, um, luckily I'm surrounded by was was surrounded by a great group of people, of which um it didn't happen instantly. I'm not gonna kid myself. I'm not, not like, oh, thank you for that. There was a bit of you've got to be kidding. But when you actually look back on it, what I realized I was doing is that the wave of growth that I was on was really galloping fast and but the new wave of growth what 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 the success was there was trying to overtake me and I was galloping alongside it trying to hold on to this wave of growth right. holding on to the next so basically one foot on each slowly sinking in between yeah and and I think once you realized how much I was doing that I didn't need to do that I had this great team was how do you create the space to let go and I think a lot of people would say you know people say you need to delegate more it's not that's not the answer mm. it's strange but it's not of course you do well I wasn't stupid I knew that was the answer yeah. <laughs> but but actually how do you prepare yourself to create that trust to let go of what you need to in order to create that space and in fact that's what really the answer that I found with asking the people well what is that asking the team and what had happened was that rather than working with the company organizational purpose what you do is you merge into it and everything becomes you mm. so the first thing I did was to really create space who am I what do I believe and how can I translate that into the company that I work with or was growing at the time and that space allowed you to be able to see, and then you can see what you need, where you need to go, how you position yourself. Um, and that leaves the space for obviously others to uh, rise and achieve and live their best lives as well. Yes. But in times of, you know, where the impact, especially in an entrepreneurial position where everything's being thrown at you at left, right and center. Yeah you need to be able to ground yourself and know who you are and, and how you translate yourself into that situation rather than be that situation. Of course, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It sounds so simple now, but when you're in it 
and your passion and everything is holding on for that. It's it's very easy thing to forget. Mm. And and you do merge in times of crisis. So or, so, or challenge, sorry. Yeah. So um, so what I'm picking up here is that a question gives you perspective, which is why people use coaches in the first place, yeah. that, that skilled questioning thing. Um, and, that, and, that, and that works in large organizations, but there's a lot of people who, who uh, work in the world who are on their own and yeah. or they're running small charities or they're, they, ha- they, are, they are cash poor and resource poor. Um, do you think that question still works or is this a different question? I think it probably works even to even larger than it did to me. I think when entrepreneurs come to me, either they're working for charities, social enterprises um, and um, small companies, your passion and your willingness will get you so far. And I always liken it to sort of Mount Everest and your passion will get you to, in a, in a business situation, will get yeah. you to camp four. You've gone through everything, but at camp four, you're burdened by, you know, the energy that it's taken for you to actually become a viable proposition, a viable company or charity. And in order to be able to grow, you need to be able to ask yourself that question because you need space for others. You need to decide what that is. And the starting point actually um, costs you no more money and it will give you something, which is what are your values in your life? What's taken you to this place that you are? Mm. And why are you taking the choices that you're taking now? And actually, even by doing that, that space becomes priceless. You don't need money for that. The space that you create between yourself and the purpose of your organization is where the magic happens, really, where you can begin to see clearly, take better decisions, not take with you what got you there, because it's not necessarily what's going to take you up to the next wave. And I think that costs you nothing. You see, that's really interesting because... I remember having a conversation with a private equity firm many years ago when you did a lot of human capital audits or looking at the validity of a, an investment to succeed by assessing the management capability, for example. And I remember them saying that there's a type of person that's great at business startups, getting them mm. to a certain level, but then they frequently can't get them any further. Mm. Uh, some of us have a capacity, some of that skill, some is opportunity, most of us just experience and somehow they don't have that. And then you have the people who are next good at the next stage, which is sort of the slightly matured, like managing the teenager, as it were, you know, and yeah. uh, then, then you have the next phase, which is you're in the sort of big corporate life and you're, and you're doing that phase. And the next thing is the big buyouts, mergers, acquisitions, the sort of truly international thing. Okay. And their view is really, uh, sorry, I will simplifies like that for effect, but um, their view is that you couldn't transition between one stage and the next and um, and actually, very few people do this. In fact, it's so few people do that. They're they're noted because they can. So you know, mm. and there's all, often reasons for that. But but I find it interesting, and I'm just wondering in my own mind. It's a fatuous question, but I wonder if there's a different question for each person at their different stage. Which is why I asked you about your stage, which is like stage mm. two and a bit or something. Yeah. Because that's but you're sort of using the same question for stage one. And I've always sort of been troubled by this, you know, follow your passions thing, because 
psychology is a lot about mining this happiness and the passion and where you are rather than waiting to be waiting to have it visited on you as if it's just you know seeped through the steel ceiling and hit you in the head so i'm just i'm trying to reconcile these different approaches with what you're saying i just wondered if you had a view oh it's it's one of my favorite subjects um because you know, we we like to understand patterns in life. And I think the way businesses grow, especially in early stages, is very, very similar. But the person is unique, but the way businesses grow is not. Yeah. And the biggest challenge that I try to face is the ones that have have this, we're going to use the analogy of growing child, you know, have the baby and the baby's growing up as a teen. They're still trying to nurture it like a, like mm. a baby. But the question that I think is interesting is what motivates the founder because of course they're referring to the founder's trap where the founder continues to hold Mm. the baby whilst it's trying to be a teenager and I think if you know yourself it's not about trying to fix yourself on one wave but if you understand the waves you can ask yourself the question each one you've got to keep growing keep making yourself redundant keep repositioning yourself and as long as you feel fulfilled i.e your values are uh, being answered and you feel motivated then that wave continues but also I've been in situations where supporting entrepreneurs that are their values still making them fulfilled? Is this still what they want to do? And sometimes then right to sell out. But I think as long as you're making and reinventing, sorry, uh, renewing yourself is a Mm. better word, renewing yourself in each wave, as long as you're connected, but the problem comes, and they're absolutely right, when the founder itself is stuck between one wave and two, like the example I gave at the beginning, and I think if you can renew yourself, I think there is always the advantage that you can lead into the future, but it depends what you let go of, because yeah. of course you need a different team at each wave. And uh, if it's too much to you, you know that, oh, it's not like it used to be, this time to get out, but you can get out with grace. Mm. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering whether dodging that bullet is a, rather than just allowing something to fail, Mm-hmm. is actually an opportunity loss because we learn so much through failure as well as success obviously but yeah you know, absolutely um, i forget the the academic used to talk about these organizational pain points in that growth structure and actually part of it is the is that there is a failure which is why sometimes you lose a ceo or someone like that someone moves on and then you bring another person in and i, I just wonder if there's a self-awareness that comes from just allowing it to fail or allowing oneself to fail rather than constantly renewing yeah, I mean, but the failure will come naturally, but it comes through the, the the redundancy. It comes through choice rather than the founder, how can we remove them? Hmm. How can we get them out? And I think by constantly renewing yourself, you become and you stay very aware of yourself and your influence on it so that, you know, Founders don't want to be unhappy, but they'll sort of say, I'm not sure this is for me anymore. I don't know whether you want to reinvent yourself on the wave or if it's time to get off. Um, Whereas, of course, uh, with entrepreneurs, I'm looking at their journey, their role, and we put them first. So we like to give them the choices of, and we always say, whatever growth is to you. 
And I think from an early stage, if you get people used to making themselves redundant on a regular basis, mm. then they'll naturally do it when there is time to move on. And it will leave also some very important foundations of the value and the foundation of that company in when they do sell or when they do exit. Mm. And I'm not sure that failure in terms of that black and white failure is the answer. I think it's there is ways of creating that same evolution, um, but leaving something very good behind. But I think that's early stage for sure. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm also thinking that actually I've seen the opposite happen where you have CEOs are all into their passion, 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 passion. Um, but they actually miss the fundamentals out, which is the management piece, the leadership piece, the uh, <laughs> holding people to account piece, and the sort of float in the ether of otherworldly strategizing. I mean, I, I'm working with an organization that had far too much strategy, not enough management. And, and so this is a delicate balance. And I think sometimes yeah. the passion, of, and, and maybe there's a pendulum here, maybe we've focused too much yeah. in the past on competence, and now we're focusing a lot on passion. But what, I, what I've always said is, show me a leader with competence first, because if you have one with passion and no competence, what you end up with six months time is a leader with no passion and no competence. So I'd rather, if I was was ever going to have one, I'd rather have the competence thing. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that challenge. There is this, but there is this sweet spot in terms of Mm. how, how far away from the organization you get. And because you can be, you can be brilliant at something and terrible at it. So you can be brilliant at passion-based enterprise, but actually not very good at executing it. That's right. That's why we work very much on passion to purpose right in the very first sessions, because I agree, you know, what an entrepreneur comes on, they say, you're so passionate about it. And I was always told you're so passionate about what you do. And I used to wear it like this badge of honor until you understand that passion can be overwhelming for people, unclear, and actually can really push the confidence away and you know you know this sort of very enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic person so I mm. totally agree with what you're saying but this passion into purpose is a very important part and I was surrounded as I said right at the beginning growing up in an entrepreneurial family who shared success very early on in partnership you know I watched and was a part of you know Mary and Doug passing on that responsibility to the leadership of every store of the uh, of of um mm. functions very early on and i think that was probably a lesson that i subconsciously learned about the importance of where the founder sits and i agree sometimes you don't want to be the the founder that's still holding on and turning up to meetings but there's a role of the founder and if that fulfills you at every single stage brilliant and if it doesn't it also gives you the space so that you're not going oh if I go there you know they're going to miss me because Mm. the infrastructure is there and Mm. your legacy is there and I think that's sometimes what founders fear you know if I go the legacy of what I was really passionate about will go and And I think if you evolve it for and that's fascinating it's such a spurious view isn't it because the legacy comes five years after you've left not the minute you leave (laughs) And people don't seem to understand that. I'm creating a legacy that say, well, no, that's not your job. The next person creates your legacy. Right. Um, and I also believe exactly in what you're saying. You know, the, I mean, I had someone, yeah, very simple, someone who owns a solar business. And, oh, um, yeah. you know, the wholesaling and retailing and lots of stuff. And I said, so what's your exit strategy? And he looked at me and said, I don't, what do you mean? What is an exit strategy? He said to me, I said, what's the business for? 
And um, I'd never thought about it because people don't, mm. because actually they think of a way of making money and then they go and make money. And then suddenly, 20 years later, they go, mm. I'm really rich and yeah. and not that satisfied. And then someone look at them and say, you're really rich. Well, your satisfaction comes from different places because business. And I think there's obviously a, there's a bit of a a new age idea. I don't mean new age in the spiritual sense, a new idea that your business has to be your entire life. And it's entirely okay to have your business as the place where you go to make money and then you live your life somewhere else because your business is only part of life. And I think people, they identify so closely with it, they lose that focus and then you can't do your renewal and then they make themselves indispensable and they create the fires to make their business fail, don't they? They do. And I, I think that's this, joy about passion into purpose and the separation from a very early stage because yeah. especially um with many women entrepreneurs that I work with you know there are all these traits the masculine and feminine traits of life and it's funny enough they're not gender orientated it just so happens yeah. that uh women have more feminine traits but a lot of those feminine traits are about the broad view are about the the gathering of people etc and the holding on and you know that family orientated traits and these can really go in your favor as you're leading through uh, challenging situations mm. but also by finding out who you are what it enables you to do is to play the whole keyboard of traits the masculine ones about quick decision making direct thinking and understanding at each stage what you how you take your choices and your decisions and i think that is very very important for understanding how to keep that space and how to invite other people in and i think that is a very important part as you're growing businesses is to keep that space between so we're not holding on and you take then the full view of life this is my business i have space this is my family space and hobbies a lot of people think I'm being overwhelmed by my business. And I just think, well, once you know yourself, you can see the space between everything. Mm. As they say on a spiritual level, there is only life. There's not a false division. There's not work life. There's only life. And you have all these channels where you can place whoever you are in it and do whatever you wish. That is what we try and achieve by trying to separate them from their business. So they don't yes. become it. Yes, and I think that's very hard when you're when you're doing a small business. Um, very. Yeah, it's interesting, fascinating. We could do this all day. Um, so why? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, do you work with trans people as well as as female? Do you work with trans females as, or is it uh, gender females only? I think really because a lot of people say, "What do you just work with um, with women?" And and I think I work with those people who have got and want to grow a more purpose led orientated company mm. so that those people who want to be driving purpose into um into what they do and purpose-led companies i think um very much obviously they were very alive during covid when we were all looking towards doing things right for the community and doing things that are um are right for everybody but for me it, it doesn't matter. I think the, the the feminine traits mean that it's more geared towards women owning businesses. But to be quite honest, it's the more business that I'm interested in and the way people wish to grow it mm. would be the best answer for that one. Nicely dodged that minefield, eh? 
Well, it's difficult because is it, it is. about that or is it about the fact that people have got great ideas in the community that are very purpose-led, that are very, um, you know, making something in the community better, whether that community be your town, your village, or your or your country or beyond those borders. And that's really what I'm very passionate about is how to be growing in a purpose-led way using the whole keyboard of of traits, feminine and masculine traits, and in, in terms of how we wish to grow. And, you know, and, and that's, it's more the style in which I open up. Mm. But, you know, I've helped many businesses and um, of, of, of all, of all gender, really, in terms of opening up, it's, it's more the approach that we take. Yes. And, and like everything, it's the chemistry you, you have between the the business owner and yourself, isn't it? Or yeah, your, oh, the people absolutely. in your organisation. It's the, uh, it's the, that, it's that thing. So, Pete, how can people find out more about you, Julie, and your team, and what, where it is, where, well, how it all works? Yeah, well, um, we've got website wiseminds.com, or also on LinkedIn, and um, obviously social media, um, and and really and it's, that's and it's the very wise. Thing. It's wise with a Y, isn't it? It's with, wise with a Y, and mm. a very young person taught, taught me that because I was on a course. Um, on digital writing, which I was um, terrible at, but they were very good. And I and he said, what's your company? I said, uh, oh, it's wiseminds.com. And he went, that makes you sound really old because you look wise. He said, why don't you change the I to a Y? And I went, very good idea. Very and nice. uh, I love that collaboration between sort of <laughs> experience yeah. of the young. I love it. Uh, wiseminds.com, wise with a Y. And there you can get involved. There's loads of free stories there. You can find out a little bit about what we do. There is um, uh, free introductory offers on the course. And, um, you know, there's a growth evaluation that you can fill out that gives you the sort of starting point. You get a bespoke guide back and everything um, to go, how ready am I to grow? Mm. And it gives you an indication of where you sit with purpose, how aligned you are and how strong the core of your business is to grow and how ready, which I think is the starting point of um, yeah. of uh, any growth journey. Yeah, love it, love it. And, and I'm guessing it's for anyone in any size organisation, yeah. middle leader, top leaders, boards, whatever you want, really, because actually that purpose-based yeah. thing is applicable to, to anybody, really, isn't it? Very much so. And it's open to everybody. It's open to anybody who feels overwhelmed, frustrated or stuck uh, or wants the challenge of growth. But quite often people are stuck in a no man's land where they kind of falling out of love with what they do, what they uh, once loved. And they go, why, why don't I love this anymore? Yeah. It's one of the big questions that people find themselves. Why? Why does this feel burdenous now? Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. Brilliant. OK, then there you are. Julie Perkins from Wise Mind, wise with a, a y.com and um, check check out the site, have a look, have a session. It's all priced in euros on the site, so there's going to be a, a currency uh, head scratching moment from other parts of the country and other parts of the world. But I remember euros, and uh, <laughs> I only see them on holiday now. So there you go. So Julie, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you very much for having me, Russell. It's been a pleasure. You take care. Hi, thanks for listening. Hopefully that was a useful and interesting episode. As I said earlier, you can support our work by leaving a review, which does drive enhanced exposure. Or you can donate on our site, which is at qedod.com. You can purchase our series of books all about 
Unraveling Resilience, Leadership, Management and Anxiety at qedod.com forward slash extras, along with some other free resources available on the site. We've also got a Patreon page and you, of course, can send us questions, ideas, thoughts, conversations and fresh subjects at info at qedod.com. Hopefully there's something there for you. Catch you next time round. <laughs>